We on? Alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Branching Out, hosted by yours truly, Bill. I want to start this episode by just thanking everybody that listened to the last episode, to the first episode. Um, you guys can truly say that you are day ones, and I appreciate all the support. And I hope that this episode runs up the same kind of numbers the last one did. In the first day, if I remember correctly, I believe I was at almost 100 plays on my page just in general and I had the I had like the little intro episode and then the actual episode uh, and then in the first two weeks I believe I hit like 75 plays on that very first episode which was already which was already more than I thought I was gonna do initially to begin with um, and so I just I want to extend a thanks to everybody that clicked the link um, hopefully when this episode comes out, you guys will show the same kind of love and the same kind of support. And then when I do the next episode and the one after that and this, that, and the third, hopefully I get that same kind of love and support all the way through. I appreciate it. Now, what I really wanted to talk about today, um, was about kids going back to school, going to college. I know that that interview I did with my dad centered around what school might look like, um, I want to elaborate a little bit, not necessarily elaborate, but touch on, especially for college kids, um, and why I worry, right? So as I'm recording this, this is also the same day that I just sent my little brother off to the University of Illinois, and I just sent my girlfriend off to the University of Southern Illinois, and honestly, I'm nervous for them. I'm terrified, actually. Not because I don't think they can handle what they went to school for to study, but because I know that at their respective schools, there are going to be people that don't care about this COVID pandemic we're in. There are going to be people that still choose to do whatever they want. Last night, maybe the day before, I don't really remember if I'm being honest, my brother sent our family group chat um, a picture, and the picture was... A party flyer. You guys know the ones I'm talking about. They go around and they have like an address on them. And they'll have all kinds of graphics. And it'll have a time. And it's a party flyer, you know. The thing about this party flyer was that the party itself is actually to spite COVID. Initially, when my brother was telling me about the party a couple days before he sent us this updated picture... It was supposed to be three parties in three days, right? It has now turned into five parties in five days. I'm confused. I thought that the one thing we weren't supposed to be doing was getting together in large groups. I thought we were supposed to be staying in the house, wearing our mask when we do have to go out in public. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and play holier than thou, as though every time I go anywhere, or every time I talk to anybody, I'm wearing a mask, or I'm taking proper precautions at all times. I'm not even going to play that game. I'm not, I'm not even going to set myself up for somebody to come at me in the comment section. This is still the internet. 
But I am responsible. I have a mask with me everywhere I go. When I go in Walmart, I'm wearing a mask. When I go to a restaurant, I'm wearing a mask until it's time for me to eat. I'm not I'm not trying to get together in groups of more than three or four. To be honest, I don't really even like people like that to be in groups of a hundred. That just doesn't make any sense. And now y'all want to throw parties at a university? Somebody make it make sense. It just doesn't. I don't get it. It it it's y'all are different. Y'all are built real different. Um And then the audacity to advertise the party as though nobody is going to look at it and be like, hey, I don't think you guys should be doing that. This isn't 2016. I know everybody wanted to live this summer as though they were getting summer 16 back. This isn't that. Oh, no. We are in a pandemic, people, with a virus that is killing people. This is an actual health concern. This is not a suggestion. This is not people. This is not somebody saying, hey, can you put your seatbelt on? It might save you if you get in an accident. No, this isn't that. Because truth be told, a seatbelt might as well be a suggestion. Because you could go from A to B and be just fine all the time. And just like you could go from A to B and be just fine from coronavirus, the next person might not. Just because you don't get sick and die doesn't mean the next person won't get sick and die. And I think that's something that I don't need to reiterate. I think there are plenty of doctors and qualified people out there that you should be listening to that will tell you the same thing and have been telling you this same thing since March, since we went into lockdown. It's so funny because now this school is starting. Um, I, I think it's interesting that we haven't been in school. Well, me personally, I haven't been in school since spring break last year. So to go into a classroom for the first time the other day and we all got to sit six feet apart in a class that could probably normally hold 28 to 30 kids, there are 11 of us. <laughs> there are 11 of us. And we're all wearing masks and, you know, you run into a friend or something and you can't dap them up, you can't shake their hand, you can't high five, you know, you can't give your friends a hug. It was strange. I got home and I was like, do I even want to hug my mom or dap up my dad? Should I wipe this door handle down? And I hadn't even touched anything. The door was standing wide open when I got to the building at school. I guess I got on the elevator and had to push a button, but I washed my hands before I washed my hands before I went back home. I used hand san the hand sanitizer that was at the door. You know, I just I think that it's very this is still very 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 real and it will continue to be very very real because a lot of people won't treat it as though it's very very real sometimes I wonder if people are just choosing to not care or if they're really this ignorant to coronavirus and the pandemic and what's going on here. I don't think you can still be this ignorant. As I sit here right now, it is August 22nd. We've been out of school and in quarantine and whatnot. The world has been shut down since March. That's five months. I don't think you can choose to continue being ignorant. If you're choosing to be ignorant, that's 
choosing to be dumb. I, I'm sorry, you're choosing to be dumb. And those of you that think this is all a hoax, you're going to have a tough time explaining that to people who have lost family members or loved ones, significant others. You're going to have a very tough time explaining something that's supposedly fake to people who have dealt with very real consequences. The flip side of the coin is that I do understand that a lot of people, young, healthy people, can definitely contract the virus and be okay. I understand that. I get it. What you have to understand is that you still carry it around with you and that just because you didn't get sick and die doesn't mean you might not give it to your grandmother or your uncle or your brother or somebody who's diabetic or has high blood pressure, maybe a former cancer patient. All of these people who are at high risk, they're in danger at all times. Truth be told, they should be living in bubble suits. And that's awful to say because I don't wish that on anybody. Anybody that has ever done one of the one of like the field day activities where they put you in this giant bubble or they let you put on like a bubble suit and then go run into somebody else that's in a giant bubble. It's actually not fun in that bubble. And y'all know that. It's not fun being surrounded in plastic, but if that that's seemingly what it's going to take to keep people safe, because some of y'all won't take it serious. It's really not that much to ask you to take it serious. The way this country works anyway is that everything runs on money. Right. And so as soon as money starts disappearing, they kick the economy right back in the gear. They started opening stuff back up. All of a sudden, every construction project in the world is getting done. Like it, it's actually kind of scary to me because what I feel like I'm witnessing is some level of normalcy. And even though we don't have a vaccine and nothing has actually changed in regard to the coronavirus, life is feeling kind of normal. The only difference is that people are walking around with masks that they're wearing wrong. That's the only difference. I can still get in my car and go to Walmart. Although Walmart's not open 24 hours anymore. That's a story for a different time. I can still go to Top Golf if I wanted to. I can still go to the batting cages. I can't go to a sporting event yet, but that's because the teams have decided that they're not letting fans in. But as soon as they decide to let fans in, all it takes is the right price. And I could easily go sit at a Cubs game or at a Sox game. I think we're in a very real I think we're in a very real space, a very real possibility that whenever basketball season starts back up, that could be the first sport to allow fans at their games and they're talking about starting like December 1st or something like that that's a long way from where we were a couple months ago funny enough when I went on spring break back in March I went on a trip to uh, California I went to San Francisco and I actually had the luxury of going to 
a Los Angeles Clippers Golden State Warriors game in the new arena that they built for the Warriors. And the arena was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was awesome, right? And I was kind of wary about it because it was right as they were starting to say, like, hey, this coronavirus thing might be a problem. You guys should... You guys should be careful. You should take it easy. Um, let's try not to gather in huge crowds. It, it was literally like a couple days before that, right? Well, if you go look on the NBA calendar, if you go look at the calendar, that game was on like a Wednesday, maybe a Thursday night or something. The NBA shut down Friday morning. <laughs> the NBA shut down like 12 hours after I left the stadium that game. After I left the stadium that night, I'm sorry. Since then, it's been lockdown. Had I been in California like another three days, I feel like I would have had I would have been running the risk of getting stuck there. And it's been very real since. And now, with no major improvements except for having developed a new series of tests, a new series of testing and making testing more more widely available, with no new developments in the virus itself, I think we're in the same place. We're in the same space. I don't think any of us are any safer now than we were in March, really. And the only way you become safe is by quarantining, staying out the way, following directions. I think my dad mentioned something very important in our, my interview with him in my last episode. Um, was that we were struggling with a lack of leadership at the top in this country. Um... And when it came to listening to doctors and putting together some kind of team to deal with this pandemic, the United States definitely came up on the short end. We didn't do a very good job of, A, listening to those doctors, B, following up with them to see what else we could do to help better our situation, especially once we saw other countries start to get rid of the virus. I just read something today that said the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill had 91 new COVID cases. The entire country of Sweden had 77. Now, I understand that Sweden isn't exactly the biggest country in the world. I get that. Um, and that the University of North Carolina is a relatively large university and so 90 students out of however many they have that go there um, isn't particularly a lot for percentage sakes but one university had more than a whole country I don't care what country that is that's not acceptable and if you allow somebody to twist and bend your thinking to to manipulate you into believing that it is acceptable and that it is okay you're also part of the problem. You see, one of the things we need to work on is coming up with a plan, sticking to it, and following through. That's not something I believe our president is going to even come close to when it comes to this coronavirus thing. Uh, right now, what it sounds like is he's hoping for it to just go away. And I got a newsflash for not just him, but a lot of you. Hope is not a plan. Winging it is not a plan. That is not a strategy. That is not a form of defense. If we want 
to be rid ourselves of COVID-19, we need to actively take steps in that direction. That brings me to the next thing I wanted to touch on today. Um, College students, on top of being safe when you go off to school, if you haven't already, I need you to vote. If not for any other reason than because I'm asking you. I need you to vote. Um, I don't think that our president is equipped to do his job. I didn't really think he was equipped to do his job to begin with. Um, he had never held a political office. Um, I don't care if he was the CEO or the chairman of his own company and he was a he was a, a multi-millionaire, billionaire. I don't care. I don't care how many dollars he had. He wasn't a politician. And he's definitely not looking out for the best interest of everyone. We're talking about a grown man who couldn't run his own Twitter account when he was trying to get elected to become president of the United States of America. Two weeks before the election, his campaign took his account from him. They didn't let him run his own account because they were afraid he was going to say something wild enough to lose him the election. Now... If that wasn't a red flag, I don't know what else is. I don't know where you could find another red flag. That's just, that, that that's insane to me. You take Twitter accounts from like 14-year-olds. You take Twitter accounts from bad employees at your job because they can't stop running their mouth. Or you fire them, right? That, that's, that's what happens when somebody can't handle social media. This time around, when we vote, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, right? I don't. I think that everybody should research a candidate, research whatever candidates you want to research, and vote accordingly. But I think we should take it seriously. There was, there was a, there was a line of thought last time around that, man, Donald Trump's not really going to run for president, and then he did it. Okay, he ran, but he's not going to win the nomination. And then he won the nomination for the Republican Party. And then we got to the general election and they were like, all right, well, he's not going to beat Hillary Clinton. Right. We didn't get the the Democrats didn't get who they wanted to up there. Well, a lot of a lot of people, I should say, we didn't get Bernie Sanders, but he's still not going to beat Hillary Clinton. Right. And then he did. So. This time around, instead of playing the, oh, well, he's not going to, he's not going to, yada, yada, yada. Let's just do the groundwork this time and actually go vote him out of office. Otherwise, otherwise, because I know, I know, I know there are going to be some people on here that are saying, that are going to say that I'm just being anti-Trump. Otherwise, I want everybody to prepare to be dealing with coronavirus for another two years at least. That's just how I feel. I don't think he's equipped to handle this. I don't think he's equipped to do the job of the presidency. I think that a Russian scandal, if it wasn't enough, if it wasn't enough to get him impeached and removed from office, it should definitely be enough to not get him reelected. Otherwise, what are we really doing? What are we really <laughs> what are we really doing at that point? 
What is our election system for? If we're just going to allow other other entities to come in and hijack it and then do what they want with it. That's not a democracy, right? And everybody, everybody swears up and down that we live in a democracy in, in America, right? Okay, cool. Let's act like it. Let's Let's do the democracy thing, man. I just, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I don't understand. It was baffling to me when he won the presidency the first time. And I understand what it was. A lot of it was just anti-Hillary. It was just anti-Hillaryism. That's what I'm going to call it. People were so mad that she had this deleted email scandal. And she had... Um, she had a, pre a husband who had been a president. And she was a woman. Like, America just couldn't take that. Oh my God, she's a woman? No, we can't have her be president. It's got to be another white man. We had a black man. We can't do anything else. It's got to go back to basics. Well, actually, no, it doesn't. I want to make note that there are 315 million people in this country. Do you know what percentage of those people voted in the last presidential election? It's okay, I got you. You don't have to go look for it. 33%. One third of our country went to vote. Now, there are, of those 315 million people, 245 million of them are of voting age. Okay. Of the voting age population, only 55% of you voted. I voted and I was away at school. There's no excuse. Now, somebody's going to run the excuse of, well, they're locking mailboxes and they're, they're moving mailboxes and they're making it hard for people to mail in vote because we're not going to be able to go cast ballots or whatever because of coronavirus. I don't want to hear any of that. Figure it out, people. Do a simple Google search. Figure out how to get an absentee ballot. Figure out how to vote while you're off at school. You want to go vote early because you think it'll save you the hassle and the congestion and the, the it'll give you some added safety as opposed to voting in a crowd on election day? Google it. Figure it out. It's out there for you to know. No one is hiding that information from you. They cannot hide that information from you. Voter suppression is very real, and it's bigger, and it's more than just what you get taught about the civil rights movement, right? This isn't about poll taxes anymore. This isn't about literacy tests to make sure people could vote. And actually, don't be, don't be fooled. Those things still exist in some places in our country. We just don't talk about them like we should. I could probably do a whole nother podcast on the, on that. Voter suppression is very real, and people will try to suppress, especially when they know that you're not going to vote in their favor. Even people who were initially Trump supporters have flipped script and are on the other side now. I don't care why you like the man. I don't care why you voted for him the first time around. If you're asking me, he's got to go. He's got to go. And then you might not be 
totally excited about our about our alternative options that just means that as a country we got to do better in the primaries we got to do better in the primaries people are some people are up in arms over Joe Biden being the democratic nominee and that's just because his camp had the wherewithal to last throughout the primaries i know a lot of people that would have voted for bernie sanders if they could have for this upcoming presidential election but bernie's not the nominee we got to work with what we have people and although i'm sick of choosing the lesser of two evils i gotta choose the lesser of two evils if that's the case i will not allow myself to go to bed on election night knowing that I didn't do anything within my own power to help move our country forward to help move us as a society not just me not just me but us as a society as a community as as one forward in a better direction It sickens me that some people hear the bigotry and the the fascism and the, the just some of the downright evil things that can come out of that man's mouth sometimes and second it. That makes me wonder whether or not people think for themselves anymore. Do you really believe that too? I would love to believe, I would love to believe that if you're repeating that, that's just you repeating it because the president said it. And that you don't actually believe that. I would hope that's the case. I would also hope that we aren't just repeating things the president says just because he's the president. But I, I would hope that individuals don't actually believe some of the things they say and claim to believe in and I'm not here to bash anybody. That's not what I'm on the internet for. That's not what I'm doing this podcast for. But I am trying to spread a little bit of awareness. I want to make people understand that it's going to be very important to vote. And that a lot of things we deal with on a daily basis can be rectified if we cast votes in November. We can solve a lot of issues by putting the right people in the right positions to do the right things. It's all interconnected. But it does truly start with us down at the bottom of the totem pole. Your voice does matter. Your vote does matter. Use it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. If you got any comments, questions, or concerns... You can hit me on Twitter or Instagram at Bill underscore branch three. I'm out of here.